Welcome back to The Sacred Life. I'm Shan Vanderleek, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Janelle Annette about the importance of developing conscious awareness. Janelle is an inner work guide and an advocate for your truest self-expression, offering healing experiences for radical evolution. She's also the host of the Creating Conscious Relationships podcast. Hi, Janelle. Welcome to This Sacred Life. Hi, Shan. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure to meet you and to share this conversation with you. I love that technology allows us to have a conversation with you in Bali and me in Northern Michigan, just uh, coming together to have a sweet conversation about consciousness and conscious awareness. But before we dig into that, I want to hear a little bit more about your story and how your life, your trauma, your choices have led you to where you are today? Yeah, well, there is a lot to share here. I came from, I I would say, a a fairly dysfunctional family and upbringing. Um, You know, the more I work with women and talk to people, the more I realize actually how common that is. So with everybody, there's all these varying degrees of trauma and things that um, impact us. And I guess before I'll get into all of that, just want to say there's no, um, there's there's just only gratitude for all of that and the lessons because I really see all of the things that I've been through as necessary and bringing me to where I am today. So yeah, I struggled a lot when I was younger with just having really poor self-image, really unhealthy relationship patterns. I dealt with, you know, substance abuse issues and alcohol abuse issues and really just had quite a negative perception on, on who I was. And I used humor to cover up a lot of what was really going on for me. And I, I didn't really have any outlets to explore why all of these things was happening. In fact, I don't even know if I ever asked why am I acting out in all of these ways? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that was even considered by a family member or friends or anything like that. So there was no inquiring really for a long time. And I got to a point where things just felt so out of control and messy that I decided to move to an entirely new city and just start again. And what I was saying at the time was the only thing that was scarier for me to do that move was staying in the same place that I was doing the same shit that I was doing. So yeah, yeah, I just got to that kind of breaking point that I think a lot of people get to in different ways when they're ready to um, embark in some kind of growth or spiritual journey of self-discovery and evolution and so on. So Yeah, I got to that point and I moved cities. And over the course of a few years, I just really rewrote my life. I I worked with a lot of plant medicines. I joined a women's circle and I just did a lot of healing work. And the gift of the women's circle, uh, which I just believe in so wholeheartedly, is that I was called into this place of having to be seen and witnessed for all of the things that I had hid from myself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and and had people inquiring about me on a really deep level. I had a lot of people caring about me truly for, I don't want to say the first time, obviously I, you know, I had people caring for me my whole life, but in a way that was more present 
And something that I realize for so many people is they don't have an empathetic witness. They don't have a lot of people who want to really deeply know them and know about their life and ask them questions. A lot of people have a lot of relationships that are maybe a bit more surface where everyone's just kind of talking about themselves like at each other and no one's really saying, tell me more about that. And why do you think that feels so scary for you? Or what do you think you need? Like these really simple prompts that I think can make us just feel so supported and loved because we're not really looking for people to give us advice and save us. Right. We're, we're looking for just, just to be heard and supported. So sure. And, and, and the curiosity yeah. that comes with sitting in circle that invites you to dig deeper, but also to do so, at least it's in my experience, without judgment. Yeah. With, with this pure, open-hearted acceptance and acknowledgement that we are all in this circle to do the work that we need to, to do together in this sisterhood. Mm-hmm. And not that it's always easy, because it's not, because there's, in my opinion and experience, there are often people in circle with you that can really push buttons <laughs> mm-hmm. and help you yeah. see parts and help you see parts of yourself that you can't see. But again, that's all yeah. all part of the work and part of the beauty of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's that's why I think group is so powerful. You get to be with all of those mirrors and people to reflect things back to you as well. I think there was a lot of aspects of having to see parts of my mind, even if it was uncomfortable if somebody was doing something, as you said, that poked a button or Maybe somebody reflected to me something that they saw in me as like a, a strength or a gift that I hadn't considered or welcomed in. And one of my closest friends would always say this thing to me. She was also in this women's group was she said, Nell, some people call me Nell. Nell, I'll, I'll believe in you when you can't believe in yourself. And mm. she really has done that for me in so many moments. And that whole women's circle was that it's like, they'll challenge you, they'll hold up mirrors, they won't, you know, it's not just necessarily all soft and gentle, but it it always has a compassionate edge. And it's right, always right. about people encouraging you to, to step up and actually really see yourself. And I think that's something that we all really desperately need. Mm, I agree. There's so much value in having the courage to step into circle. There's so much value and courage mm-hmm. and so much that can come from it in such a deep way. There, the women that I originally sat with in my very first circle many, many years ago are mm-hmm. still, I, I don't see them every day. I don't speak with them every day, but there is this connection and this knowing and this beauty yeah. in, in what we've witnessed and what we worked through together. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it, it honestly, I think it ended up taking me about a year, but after about a year of being in that group and, you know, we did a lot of processing around talking about things we would rather not talk about or mm-hmm. let each other know. And like, I, I leaned into the capacity that I could, but at the same time, I was holding on to a lot of judgment towards my past and I didn't want to fully bring it into the circle because I felt like it wasn't welcomed or it wasn't right. enlightened enough, sure, all the things sure. that I had done or maybe been through. And so after about a year, I finally get to this point where I can't remember what was happening, but I just totally broke down and told everybody everything. And everyone was like, whoa, like that's 
they just saw me and it was just like, you know, it's these parts of ourselves that we think if I share this part of me, I'm going to lose love. And that's why we keep it hidden. And what you actually end up finding a lot of the time is you share those things and then people see you and are able to love you deeper. And that's what I really got. Yeah. in that experience. And it just, it really shifted and busted a lot of the shame that I held. And now, you know, it's, it's not uncomfortable for me at all to talk about my past. I, I make, you know, I can make jokes about it. And Isn't it? And when, when humor, yeah. And when, when you can bring humor in, you know, the amount of work that you've done and acceptance of yourself. And I remember yeah. sharing some tough stories and, and feeling very much like what you're describing, feeling like I'd thrown myself in a shame pit for so long. And then yeah. finally climbing out of it and then sharing a particular story and then having a woman in the group just laugh and just laugh and laugh and laugh because she could totally identify with it and saw it as not something to be judged or not something to be ashamed of, but something that is a part of many women's journeys. And so mm-hmm. who does that belong to, that judgment, that shame piece and and where are you letting that um, stick you? And I'll just, I'll never yes. forget that because it was like, oh my goodness, A, I'm not alone. And B, yeah, who does that judgment belong to? Maybe that's not even mine. Yeah, it's almost like we can learn to forgive ourselves through forgiving and un- like having compassion towards others. And sometimes it's easier to first direct it outward than it is to direct it inward. But I feel like group really shows you that because for all the reasons you might think you're alone or different or separate, it's it's really not often true, right? We're we're way more alike than we consciously realize. We just don't talk about the hard stuff. So we feel mm-hmm. isolated in what we go through. Sure, sure. I'd like to mm-hmm. dig a little deeper into the importance of conscious awareness to to challenge our predispositions and our belief systems mm-hmm. and and I know that that's a huge topic that you and I could have an entire you know retreat about. <laughs> but but, yes. I, <laughs> but I know that <laughs> that based on the modalities that you work with, based on your own work and programs, et cetera, that that I'm sure you have some sharing that that you can do here. And then maybe we can segue right into the the ripple effect of healing that comes in our conscious awareness. I guess the main thing I'd like to say is conscious awareness is ultimately about having choice and realizing that we have so much more power in our lives to make change possible. But if we aren't aware, then we can't really make that change happen. I believe a lot of people also on some level think that the world is somewhat responsible for what is happening to them. Mm. And it can be hard to see outside of that. It can be hard to see how we unconsciously make decisions or call certain patterns and dynamics in time and time again. And we have to invite in enough awareness that we can see how we might be co-creating these dynamics so that we can lay them to rest. And that takes work. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, a really essential entry point is looking at what patterns are reoccurring in your life because not to say that it's anybody's fault for what happens to them, but if there is a common theme that you could see on some level, did I accept this? Did I seek this out? Did I participate in creating this? 
and we can see that happening, then we realize I actually have the ability and the choice to change this pattern. Um, And that's where we can be empowered to know that, yeah, we, through conscious awareness, through really knowing our mind and our behaviors and our fears and our insecurities and our conditioning, ultimately, um, through all of that, we can make change possible. And today, if if our listeners are even even one of our listeners is in this place of, okay, Janelle, all right, Shan, that sounds great. But what do you mean? Like, how, how can I be more aware of my patterns? How can I, I'm in this place of, of feeling so small or allowing myself to go round and round and round with something that I don't know how to get myself unstuck. Where, where do I begin? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so many avenues. First of all, I think it's important to understand with anything that we're doing, there's always some kind of perceived benefit. So there's a really great saying that is beneath every behavior is a need. So if we are, let's say, attracting emotionally unavailable partners, we'll use this example because I think it's fairly common and I can draw a lot of parallels. So hopefully this can Mm -hmm. land for everybody listening. And know that this applies in different scenarios, even if this isn't your pattern. But if you have that pattern of attracting emotionally unavailable partners, it's first of all, understanding what's the benefit in that for you. What does that give you? And in this situation, you could say, well, if I'm interacting romantically with people who are not necessarily going deep with me and they're keeping it quite surface and maybe they're not the middle or whatever it is, even if consciously I'm like, I don't want this. On some level, it's important to explore, is there an element of you who doesn't feel ready or willing to really open up and go deep with somebody yourself, right? Is there a mirroring of your own emotional unavailability? And Oh, that's good. If that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that. On. <laughs> the, the, younger, the younger version of, of myself before I met my husband and, and even uh-huh. after was always the one who enjoyed that first few months and then yeah. was ready to bail because if I bailed, they couldn't bail first. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, back to your back to your story. Yeah. Well, in that example, it's like the need for feeling safe, the need for protection, the need for security, right? And yeah. So there's always something innocent under these patterns. And I think that's really important whenever we explore, like, how am I contributing to this dynamic? Because it's never about shaming yourself for being wrong or broken or damaged. It's not that. We all have survival um, mechanisms that we put in place. And it's really beautiful that our bodies and brains know how to adapt. And it's just about shifting them. So, yeah, in that example, it's understanding what is the benefit? What is it? giving to me by creating this dynamic. And, you know, something that you could even explore is your perceptions and let's say judgments, like your your unconscious or conscious biases that you hold towards the gender or the genders that you're attracted to. If you, in this example of, you know, attracting emotionally unavailable partners, if it's a man, for example, it can be if there's a belief held that men are all, all men are like that, all men care about his sex, men are that you know all these maybe perceived judgments and 
resistance towards men, then you know it would make sense that you're you're also attracting that dynamic because it's what you believe is true. Sure. Um, so in that stage, it's really just about revealing all the different ways that your mind creates these scenarios. And for whatever pattern it is, you can kind of learn to understand and and look towards the meaning that your mind makes of each of these scenarios, because our minds are always constantly telling us stories about all men are like this, all women are like that. I'm too much of this. That's why they left. Right. So we kind of got to also right. pay attention to like the narratives we're telling ourselves. And that's right. A, and to not believe indicator. everything we think, not to believe these stories that come through and to ask ourselves, yeah. who is, who is that? Whose voice is that? Where's that yes. coming from? Because that's, yes. <laughs> once we start yeah. to identify that, oh, wait a minute, that's, that's not even necessarily mine. And by getting to that, who does it belong to? You can really lighten. If you feel lighter, it's like, oh, awesome. And of course, you and I are sitting here having this conversation because we've done that part of the work and can see it a little easier. Not to say that there mm-hmm. aren't still blind spots, but uh-huh. where, where you can see it and be like, ha ha, you know, like, I'm going to let that go. I'm going yeah. I'm, I'm to expand that and go, no, 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 that's not mine. And that's not going to stick me today. Yes. Yeah. So the more aware we are, the more we can just catch these things playing out. And I think it's really beautiful that you say that because in ancestral resolution work, it's all about understanding like, where did I inherit these things? Was it from mom or dad or someone else in the family system, or perhaps an, an ancestor that went through some kind of trauma and that's been imprinted in me. And it's, it's really all about how can I give that back? How can I release what's not mine? How can I individuate from these systems and this patterns that I can mm-hmm. heal and move forward and, and yeah, break those cycles. And there's a lot of powerful work we can do just in that alone. How can uh, integrative practices like being open to love, subconscious mm-hmm. motivation, unconscious attraction, and knowing mm-hmm. your worth, how, how can those practices change your relationships? And you can pick one, all of the above, how, however you want to dig into that. When it comes to like integration, I mean, I'm really big into that because I think there's a lot of information out there to understand our patterns and where things may be developed. And I, I think for a lot of people, the question is, well, what do I do with all of this information and how do I actually make something change? First of all, if you know, in the open to love conversation, because it goes with this example, if you could see yourself in that example, you might explore the next time that, you know, you're dating somebody or you are in a relationship and there's that pattern of maybe their emotional unavailability in yours as well. And you see it playing out. You would then look to highlight all the ways in which you keep yourself kind of closed, right? Maybe you retract from telling them what you really feel. Maybe you don't tell them what you really want. Maybe you ignore them or hide or run away when you're feeling sad and you cry and you don't want them to see you. Like whatever your unique kind of behaviors and tactics are within that gives you the the place of, you know, integration or meeting your edge. So for that person, it could be in every moment I want to close. Can I, can I, you know, just stay open 5%. It doesn't have to be this overnight perfection goal, but it can be, can I work my way up towards being more vulnerable, being more transparent, talking about what my needs are, 
So really on every step of the way, just figuring out what is your actual edge and how can you practice that in your actual everyday life and relationships, because that's when the true integration and change happens. We can't necessarily just intellectualize all of these things and hope mm-hmm. that that's enough to make change. We have to, we have to practice the things that make us, you know, usually incredibly uncomfortable. Like I had a situation ship that lasted for many years, um, years ago, and I was pretty deep in this work. And I, he just represented a lot of things to me where it was really hard for me to open up vulnerably. And we were, we didn't live in the same place. We were kind of going, you know, just starting and stopping and starting and stopping. And one time he was about to leave the next day and I went to the bathroom over and over and over again, because I started getting overwhelmed with tears and I, I physically couldn't let him see me in that. It was so overwhelming. I ran and I would turn on the sink to like blow my nose. And I knew in my head, I was like, this is a really good opportunity to lean in. Right, and I just right. was so overwhelmed in my body. So I had to do some somatic practices. I had to breathe. I had to like bring my nervous system down a little bit, just enough. I was still so uncomfortable, but eventually walked up and like totally unleashed and told him everything. And it it was really scary and difficult, but there was like no other choice at that point. And it was a really impactful, life-changing moment for me. Yeah. And you survived. I made it. Here I am. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about our subconscious motivations and our unconscious attractions. Well, attraction tells us a lot about unconscious themes that are going on in our life. So you could look towards what kinds of people you find yourself attracted to and perhaps explore the common characteristics of those people. Because you might find that there are some strong correlations between what kind of characters they are and also the dynamics that play out within your relationship. All of those things can give us understandings of what kind of thing from our past we're trying to resolve through that relationship, right? We we understand a lot in relationship stuff that we attract usually different figures that remind us of parent figures, usually ones we have unresolved business with, or, you know, some other significant person in your life where maybe there was a, some really deep influences. You might find that there's those common themes in your attraction. And really, it's our mind's way of trying to kind of complete the loops that we had with people um, back then, right? Get them to Mm -hmm. meet the needs that maybe that parent or that person never could. It's our association with what it means to be loved, right? Because we grew up in a family home, even if it wasn't very loving or it was, it's that's what we learned is love. So it's that familiarity. And then we see on a much deeper level eventually once the honeymoon stage fades and we get more into like the power struggle where we can really understand the the deeper unconscious dynamics that play in relationship that mirror and resemble dynamics usually from our childhood so it it definitely becomes a lot more clear i'd say in the later phases of relationship after the honeymoon i'm so grateful every single day for my partnership and my marriage and that I chose him and that he chose me because he was not my type at all. 
what was water right? not your type. If but, you don't mind me, me um, well, no, I, I bring it up because, but because he was kind and thoughtful mm. and considerate, mm-hmm. and he saw me and he accepted me, yeah. and found a lot of my quirks funny and uh, like you know all the things, right? But yeah. be- we've been together a, a very long time now in, in this lifetime, and and in the beginning, still being accepted through those vulnerable some and sometimes explosive um, mm-hmm. interactions and doing what all I could to do to push him away and yeah. to test him. Would, would you still stay if I was this way? Would you still stay if I was this way? Would you still, I mean, not that I knew that yeah. at the time, I know it now. And, yeah. and the gratitude I have for realizing the, what I was attracting before that was not healthy and, well, I learned a lot of lessons to be able to let this person see me and then his acceptance and my acceptance kind of dovetailing at the same time. Just so, so beautiful and, and still is to this day. There's still things. I have a really big mouth <laughs> and let things, let things fly out of my mouth all the time. The truths that I see, things that I witness, whatever. And yeah. I mean, certainly sometimes it's like, okay, that you went overboard. <laughs> But the point being, it's there's still 100% acceptance and love. That's that. And again, it's not a perfect relationship, but what it is, is breaking a pattern and having the, yeah. the blessing of doing so with somebody so frigging awesome. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah, oh, sounds thank amazing. You. Thank you. Yeah. The amount that I believe you can grow in love and relationship is just endless. If you if you're blessed to have something like that, because it's just exactly that. It's you're going to be seen in your deepest, most unconscious, shadowy parts and chaos and all of that messy humanness that we all have. We can just hope to be loved in that as well as in the light, you know, and and that helps us love ourselves more too because. We realize, like you said, in that testing, you know, I'm I'm worthy of somebody sticking around even when I'm yes. like this, right? Yes. Um, yes. And that makes the biggest difference. So yeah, I feel you. I also have a really incredible partner who I feel like offers so many of those things to me as well. And just so much gratitude for him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And an invitation for us to do the same when it might not be as natural for me mm-hmm. to be as unconditionally loving and accepting yeah. and to be to see that as oh okay isn't that interesting here's another area for growth here's another area yeah. for uh, acceptance and and to kind of flip it around and say oh this part that i'm so grateful for i i really want to be able to give that back yeah totally and um you know just even in that accepting people. I mean, I I really believe loving and being in long-term relationships with somebody is seeing all their sides and just accepting them for who they are in in totality and not trying to change Mm -hmm. them or fix them. And that can be really hard. And just seeing all the things about them that you probably have the capacity to equally love and reject Mm -hmm. and just welcoming it all like yeah. wow you know i i just love this about you and i choose you for who you are and i don't need you to be different i think that's a constant practice of having to go against the ego because the ego says 
you must be just like me and think like this in order to be right. Cause that's right. how our egos right. function. So to constantly be like, <laughs> nope, you can be different from me. Yeah. You can yeah. do this thing or struggle with that or have this strange quirk. And like, I'm, I'm still going to choose to love you anyway, and not make you wrong for being however you are. Yeah. Which oh my gosh, I'm enjoying days, our but... <laughs> I'm enjoying our conversation so much. I just realized I'm like, okay, um, we 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 need, we need to wrap, and we haven't even talked about your awesome alchemy program yet. So let's uh, kind of segue over to that, so that you can tell us about that program and how people can reach out to you and and get involved if they have an interest in exploring further. Yeah, thank you. So Alchemy is a transformational program, and it is really all about a lot of the things we've spoken on, understanding your your mind, understanding your patterns, all the unconscious motivations that really co-create the patterns that you have in life, and then whatever it is that you're wanting to work through, understanding what, what's required to do that. So I am really big in the integration. The focus usually comes into relationship and relationship with self. So, you know, topics like creating conscious relationships and finding more confidence, more self-expression, more like even more capacity to take risks and just go after the things that you want. Really just working with the mind and nervous system um, in so many different ways to be able to create the kind of life that you want to create and the kind of relationships you want to create. Because I really believe from my story that, you know, we can, we can write, write our own stories. We can change the things that we might feel like we never had a chance to get out of. And I, I recognize the value of having support to do that because I don't think I could have done it without the support that I had. That's a little bit on that. You can read more about that on my website, which is just www.janellelanette.com. And there's an alchemy page. And I have a podcast as well, which is called Creating Conscious Relationships, where I talk about all of these principles and a lot of applicable tools to peel your relationship patterns and come home to loving yourself and finding freedom in your life. Yes, please. More of that, please. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one quick question about your alchemy program. Uh, I know yeah. it's twelve. I know it's twelve weeks. It's a twelve week uh-huh. exploration. Is that mm-hmm. an automated course? Is that a in person course? A group coaching course? Like what? What does that look like? At the moment, it is cohorts, meaning we start at a certain date in a group and then we finish. Depending on when people listen to this episode, it might transition more to an automated course. I will always be running live stuff because I think there's a lot of magic and goodness in the live containers. I am also working on developing shorter uh, programs that are going to be a little more specific depending on people's scenarios. So yeah, there's going to be lots of stuff coming through, but um, for now it's, yeah, it's cohorts. All right. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for your time and exploration and open sharing. It's been such a pleasure having this conversation with you. Is there anything that you'd like to leave us with today before we part ways? Yes, thank you so much for your time and having me. Just encouraging everybody listening that no matter what you're dealing with or going through, that 
what really helps you move forward is finding the compassion for why you might be where you are or struggling with whatever you're struggling with. And it really is the self-compassion, self-acceptance that allows us to change those things. It's not through shaming ourselves. And I think we all need to really remember that, that shame is not productive and we can't shame ourselves into growing. Um, you're not broken. You're not damaged. You're just a human with needs and you're working with maybe some primitive systems that are just responding to the past. So there's nothing wrong with you. And I hope that you can just feel empowered in your growth journey, that it's really just a service to you and feeling more fulfilled and not because you are not enough right now. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. It was so good chatting with you today. I feel like we could probably talk about infinite uh, things, go into many right. rabbit holes. possibilities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Janelle. That was Janelle Annette. Learn more about the Alchemy Program at JanelleAnnette.com. <laughs>